Nostalgia! <laughs> Welcome to the Spark of Madness podcast. We are here at the IU Advanced Visualization Lab in front of uh, this crazy awesome, uh, it's not a touch screen, but... Uh, it's a VR screen. VR screen, because uh, we are you super classy. 3D, right? It is. 3D. Yeah, so we may, we're may we going to have some fun playing around with all these toys, but we are joined by uh, two special guests today. Uh, one is returning, one is brand new, but they uh, know each other very well. They are Rachel. <laughs> I would hope so. We've <laughs> <laughs> been living together almost 10 That's years. That's right. Rachel and Chauncey Friend. Um, Chauncey, you were on our uh, Last Jedi podcast. The Last Jedi. Yeah. Uh, that got uh, rave reviews from people who loved the movie, <laughs> given we totally crapped all over it. Uh, but you, uh, you work here, so yep. this is kind of your element, right? Yeah, when you guys had me on for that, I was like, I gotta at least show Matt because these two went to the school, so they've kind of seen. We don't count. So I was like, I gotta show you. Yeah, and you came back at the beginning of the year anyway. That's right. Yeah, this is very appropriate given the the movie we're going to be doing. But Rachel, you'd have a podcast called the Five Ish Fangirls, right? Um, And you're going to be doing this movie. Yep. For that. Exact same topic. So you can get a dry run with us before like the real thing. Well, they're you know my co-hosts. Their opinions may be different. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, this will be fun. Um, and I'm always joined by Aaron and Ben. <laughs> All right, Ben. Oh, oh God, jeez. Zero out. Zero wow. out. Wow. Yeah. Realistic. Just well, welcome back to the stacks. The, <laughs> the Matrix is not uh, cut out quite like it should be. The haptics are so real. <laughs> Nobody makes the first jump. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't want to talk about those haptics in the movie. Yeah, we're, we'll get to that. We'll get to the haptic suit um, with the V1. or Yeah, it had the crazy name they wanted to make us remember that I don't. So we are going to do Ready Player One, which came out this weekend. Three keys. Three hidden challenges test for worthy trades. Revealing three hidden keys to three magic gates. And those with the skill to survive these straits will reach the end. Where the prize awaits. Let the hunt begin. And we all went to see it together. Yeah, at the same time, same fun. bat time, same bat place. In 3D? With some nachos. It wasn't 3D. Extra six yeah. <laughs> We broke the bank. We went 3D. Yeah. People ask me, what's the difference between 3D and, and, uh, and 2D? Six bucks. <laughs> well, I, was, I, was, I was saying to Matt, you know, you're seeing twice the movie, so if you think about it, it's really a discount. That's true. That's true. Yeah, two times the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's labor. talk about, let's, talk, let's start the movie for, for people who either have seen or haven't seen it yet at a high-level, non-spoilery uh, version of what happens. Everybody dies. <laughs> Willy Wonka eats all the chocolate in his chocolate factory, and the Oompa Loompas get scared. That actually, it's kind of insightful, right? <laughs> <laughs> it, it has a Willy Wonka esque feel to it. Yes. So. 
yeah. the preview had the imagination song in it. But go ahead. Yeah. No. You guys, how about, how about our guests give us the, yeah. the rundown without spoiling for everybody? Because I like to spoil things. Uh, I haven't read the book, so when you guys yeah. chime into that. So, so how about this? You give us, Chauncey, you give us the movie version, okay. non-spoilery plot, and then Rachel, as the book fanatic, we'll get to yeah. what you've got. Give us, we'll talk, we'll start talking about the differences between the book and the movie. So Ready Player One, uh, dystopian future, 2049, human history, and wait, wait, is 2049? I think so. Is it in the Blade Runner universe too? Maybe I'm wrong. It's a shared day. universe. Yeah, that's, that's, that's that, about that, right. That, it's, yeah. it's a 2040s. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's not that far. So there's Blade, yeah, and then but, something. Wow. So lost like everything past the Rocky Mountains is all like <laughs> garbage, but, but the Midwest is okay. <laughs> You know, yeah, it takes place in, <laughs> Columbus, takes place Ohio. in Columbus, yeah. Ohio. Yeah. Right? California. Uh, and That's what I said. Basically, reality is, reality is so oppressive that everyone has gone towards this virtual reality called the Oasis. Everyone works there, goes to school there. They, you know, dance on uh, as pole dancers. Good <laughs> job. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. There's a shot of that. <laughs> yeah. In gaming, of course. But the whole point is that the creator of the Oasis put in Easter eggs, so... Whoever finds those Easter eggs will own the Oasis, which is apparently, as they say in the movie, the, the world's most profitable value, like resource or something like that. The yeah. Oasis has become the most valuable it is. resource. It is. So everyone is racing to get in, including an evil corporation and the Gunters, which are like, you know, hip, cool teenagers that uh, <laughs> search for the Easter eggs. So the hip, cool name. That's the overview. Yeah, so it's a, it's, it's a race to find the Easter eggs to... to Gain control over the, mm -hmm. the oasis because system. the evil ruler and the, there's of, the bad guys. The well, the evil ruler of the like who wants the, all the Easter eggs is the Easter Bunny. You like and you like how they release right. a movie on Easter. That's weekend. true. Yeah, Easter yeah. weekend. They so all the eggs. on a holiday weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Holiday. That's right. Holiday. And the thing is, there's no Easter egg at the end of the credits for a movie all about Easter. That's right. Yeah, so there is more an egg. Happy about it he was. was. Yeah. He went home and ate his hard-boiled eggs. I am so tired of post-credits scenes. <laughs> as long as pickled yeah. eggs. Ooh, pickles. It was novel twice. So, so this is the. So this is the only other thing I would add about the overall plot that we forgot to mention is that there is, there's Gunters trying to find the eggs from a pure like gaming standpoint or from a more altruistic standpoint. But then there's the, the villain. Shut up. Please shut up. <laughs> Sorry. We're having fun in the Oasis. You guys did this on their podcast. We don't like it. We don't like it. We don't like the real world. It sucks because you're in it. <laughs> um, there's an evil corporation who wants to take it over and like sell ads and monetize the whole system from a like a pay behind paywalls and stuff. And they're kind of the yeah, uh, played by uh, something Mendelssohn. Uh, yeah, Tom Mendelssohn. Yeah, who's just like the but his the token evil guy. He in was, he was, I awesome. couldn't figure out where I knew him from. He's in Rogue One. Right. Yeah. He's also like in, he's he gets killed by Bane and Batman. He reminds me of the principal in Breakfast Club. Yeah. It just yeah. reminds me of just somebody I would hate no matter what situation I'm Except in. Except for England. <laughs> when he was the king, when he was the king of England in World War II. That's right. He was yeah. in, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but his avatar was the best. It was like this soup, like this. It looks like an evil Superman. It's it's like that's exactly Clark what it was. It was like evil, evil Superman. It was, it was, it was like. Evil it, Clark Kent. Well, you know what it was? Yeah. It looked, to me, it looked, it looked, it wasn't like Christopher Reeve's Superman. It was like an evil version of. Uh, 40s? No, the, the, what's the artist who did like the, the painting? Uh, Alex Ross Superman. Yeah, that's oh, what, yeah. that's what it looks, looks like. exactly like. It was like really beefy yeah. Superman. Demented yeah. Alex Ross Superman. And he had the curl. He had the Superman. Bizarro Superman. Yeah, but he's like in this suit. It was pretty good design. I like his design. 
So IOI is the name of the corporate. IOI, that's right. For a while, I thought they were saying ROI, which I was like, did they really name their name? Did they really name it Return on Investment? No, it's like it's like innovative online industries or something like that. It's like a good binary. But it looks like ones and zeros. Okay, so unless you're a sixer, this is our cue. Everything from now on is heavy spoilers, even the book, because I want to talk to you, Rachel, and you you brought the book, right? And it's um. You have like something special about it. Oh yeah. Well, it's his copy. He got it. I haven't read it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've listened to Will Wheaton read it. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no Will Wheaton is mentioned, but it is, it is signed by. You got it autographed. <laughs> so one thing I know, I read the book, kind of right soon after it came out. You just listened to it. Yeah. You haven't listened to it, Chauncey. Aaron, never had, read it. you haven't read it. Um, so we were we were kind of looking at each other throughout the movie. What are some of the big differences between the movie and the book? Um, that at least stood out. <laughs> that stood out. The, yeah. the tasks. Yeah. The three tasks the to, find the three, yeah. to find the three keys. They're pretty easy, those weren't are, they? Those are the, a big, and then the lack. There's well, a lack of character different. development. There's way more character development, especially. In our main characters. Well, na naturally, for movies, it's hard, hard yeah. to, to develop characters. That's yeah. why series are better. But it, but they did add a lot of like like Easter eggs, mm -hmm. kind of, and nods to things from the book. That mm -hmm. they're like, okay, we know we can't do this, so let's put in this, like the the having to go through Monty Python, the, the Holy Grail. At the very end of the At book. the very end, instead, they can't. They couldn't do that probably for licensing reasons, yeah. mostly. Yeah. Um, but they, but they added like things Batman. like the holy hand grenade yeah. as an artifact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so they that, kept that, little nods nod yeah. there. So the differences. So in the book, the three getting the three keys challenges were more about like intense video game or pop culture knowledge or expertise, right? Yeah. It was well, like Chauncey and I were talking about this on the on the ride home for after the movie is the in the book, the tasks are you kind of have to know a little uh, everything about everything. Yeah. Video games, movies, T V, music. But all eighties specific. But, like, a lot of it is but all, most but of all, it's eighties, some holidays. some seventies and nineties. And the tasks yeah. in the movie Seem to be more focused on James Halliday. Halliday's life and, and his yeah. life and but, his story. But yeah. a lot of the stuff is Halliday's interest, though, in the book. Yes. I mean, like, it's, but it's it, not necessarily about his him but, right. That's the it's, But it's his favorite pop culture stuff. It's not yeah. just eighties in general. It's like the stuff that he loved. Yeah, but the know. tasks in this, it was more about like his personal, not just the things he was yeah. into. Like you know? it, it instead didn't of sense to his character. love and that sort. But that of thing. didn't make sense to his character. Because he wouldn't like in the in the movie, because in the book it's like he was he, like he's so antisocial yeah. that he would never make a big game to reveal his whole personal life. He would just do stuff that he liked that yeah, made him happy. A little, a little much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And to, it's also more self-indulgent to go and like half the only way to be able to <laughs> figure out this to get to the Easter egg. The second clue is basically to find the one clip that exists in the archives that ta is him like referencing. Him not taking the leap with the the, the girl Kira. he fell in love with, Kira. And so like, you have to scour through my personal history and not like something that we could share yeah. a At love least about. The pivotal yeah. moment wasn't the first time his mom caught him exploring himself. Yeah. <laughs> well, the interesting thing about 
the Atari heavy theme though is that, that back in the days of the, in the 70s when they were making Atari games like Nolan Bushnell gave these artists like it was like one person one game if you're going to make in one week <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but the point was they became since you had this limited amount of technology you were a great developer they put you in charge of a game you expressed yourself through the game like artwork and all of a sudden you have the ability to now say that you're the creator of X game. One person, one game. And it never happened after that. Well, yeah. But also here's, here's in the book, they, they talk about that where, which they didn't, like, they didn't make sense. Because, like, the book, the game, the game at the end is the, is the game that they talk about at the beginning of the book. Um, adventure. Adventure. And the thing is Atari wouldn't let them be credited at all. So in order for, he put, for, he put the Easter egg to credit himself in the book. Back in the day, so like that's kind of like the whole. That's uh, what I mean. Is that developer became a rock star because he was the first one to put an Easter egg in, and these kids that grew up on Atari's only at, at the beginning were like, "Who are these people that made these games?" Mm -hmm. And they become, you know, folklore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've got I've got one other big call out that's a difference between the book and the movie that's both a good and a bad, but I'm going to save it for later. Is there any other big book things, or uh, should we jump right into the? Movie. Well, here's another the difference is, um, you know, she, she harkens to character development, but are we going to talk about, the, this is spoilers at the very end, in the book, he doesn't see uh, Artemis in real, in real life until the very, very end, and I think that's a big, better emotional weight. Is that what you're, you're going to talk about? No. Okay. I have a bunch that are also specifically differences between them, but I, I are think, also like, I think I think yeah. having Wade and Artemis meet in this whole rebellion like subplot was more because it's probably an actor's contracts because otherwise it would be just their avatar CG the characters time. and I yeah and they probably like our, our actors as mm. themselves have to have X amount of screen time and for a Do movie they, that's also I mean, otherwise just making an animated movie otherwise no, but, actors, but, actors but, their, but, their stuff, but, you know? but there's a lot of parts there's a lot of like they can have small but I, don't, I don't think so because and I'm a because in the book um they they um they talk about um like he kind of he goes in and out of things mm -hmm. so the focal point could be on him and we don't see her till the very end which is fine you know what i mean yeah. and but the weight the weight of not seeing even even um his his friend his age age which was a heavier set black girl like in in in, in the and it was the spoilers in the book but the emotional weight of him meeting her for the first time you mean it was it's like they there did was no way. there was no way like literally like, Hi. Uh, yeah well and i don't even think and i think that i think yeah. that part would have made it better like like this this whole this whole i don't know who I, and like we never see her and like as an audience member you're wanting to see what they look like and you don't know what the reveal is so you really live through him you mean more and like that that, that experience that weight and the emotional stuff at the you know it, it, i think was missing. I've heard a lot of book. discussing with people that like the book better than the movie. I've heard a lot of just there's more emotional reveal in, in the book than there is in, in the movie. And, and that's, that's my biggest complaint. And that goes back to the character development. Wade goes on this whole thing where, you know, in the he's friends with H, and they you know they go to school together, and the whole school like was completely thrown out the idea that these right. are all supposed to be like school age yeah kids. Um, and I Rock is supposed to be one of their class. He's one of their classmates in yeah, the book, yeah. and he's just 
We have no idea who he is other than T. No, and I, and I think I think what, what would have been good. So. Well, let's talk about that character real quick. Yeah. Real well, quick. I have a, I have a, you want okay, to, yeah, go ahead. Talk well, about him. Real so I rock is this really cool big guy, but he's kind of nerdy. But like, how cool if, the, if that guy was just a little kid? Whole time, this sinister killer yeah. was like, Yeah, we never find out who I no. is, even in the book. No, but yeah, so, but it'd be but so he, funny if we find out in this one. In the book, is what he is. Mm. Uh, it, it, Chauncey likes to talk about so, certain certain class of of uh, the nerds they call Klingons that they, they think they know everything, but they don't. They don't really. And I rock in the book is, is like, like the that. ones that will walk in here and be like, I know what video card you're using. Yeah, and it's like which one? You know, I'm gonna stand here for half an hour. It's like, it's like, who cares? <laughs> so, yeah, made I'll, I'll add just a little bit. I'll add a little bit on the character development thing, and I'm actually interested in what you think, Aaron, a little bit, because it, I think it ties into the world building, too. So not only did I have a little bit of a problem with how much CG they, like, flipping between real person and a CG character, it's hard for me to latch on to the CG versions. But even then, like, when they went to the real world, it really was, like, jump into it, here's our characters, and they're just people playing a game. Like, there's no other, like, added uh, information. Whereas in the book, they really play up the stacks side of it, and, mm -hmm. and especially Wade, but also the entire world's, like, like poverty and, like, the reason, like, this really is an escape. And so, Aaron, my question is, like, as our Blade Runner, like, aficionado and, like, lover, uh, did, lover the did, the did the dystopia idea even come through at all for you? Yeah, sure. Their houses were stupid. <laughs> <laughs> they were like drone overlords. So you, so the idea that it was a dystopia came entirely through this, the, the visual I of not motor homes. I would not on a washing machine. Okay. Right. <laughs> Depends on what right. I want to do. All right. I don't know. I just didn't feel like a... It was a realistic dystopia. You no, know, it's not a bad idea. You know, you know once, once you yeah. do your business, you throw, you throw, in the, throw it in the load. And then you do your business again. Why the load is going? What a great, what a great, I'm going to do that. I mean, I think their dystopia is more believable than something like, say, like the Hunger Games. I made that as PG as possible. The Hunger Games dystopia? Yeah. I think it's more believable. Yeah. I don't know. I just felt like this movie set it up with like, there was no, I think I even wrote in my notes, we have no reason not to find this movie, this this ridiculous like I don't I didn't get the sense that it just felt like people loved playing a game and that was it it didn't yeah. feel like this was an escape There's like when a, that a was kind of the underlying theme at the beginning yeah. where he talks about like the what you, like the corn syrup droughts or something yeah <laughs> it's like suddenly a drought so, of high fructose syrup, syrup corn syrup it, it felt like, like almost like, like a <laughs> yeah. that narration almost felt like a setup to yeah. a comedy but in, sketch in the book they talk about you <laughs> yeah. know with, with the with the climate, uh, climate change. change that the sea levels and people had to move inland because yeah. the coast was completely underwater which made the population which was already booming even more crowded, so they eventually had to build stacks. Yeah, they had to start building vertically, and there was a, you know, the, the, the oil shortage, so people's cars just they left them abandoned. Yeah, because and, and they, there's no gas. Well, to me, resources in the oasis is like why, like everybody's going to the company for the oasis, because right. the money is just, yeah. and like the overhead. They said like, uh, IOI could make whatever, and it didn't cost them anything. And, that's, and they sell it like crazy to people because people are zombies to it because they want to escape to it. And that's why in this in the movie, I felt like what was lacking was not only did we, from our main characters and our protagonists, I didn't get the sense of that personal uh, 
he's checking the, if it's going. I don't think it's recording. No, I know it's not. I'm trying to get, um, I'm trying to trying to keep it up. I'm checking it. Er, the idea of the not only did our protagonists not have the the sense of weight behind them of, that they're like in this world and this is their escape, but also when it comes to the antagonists, it just felt like they were um, less like this is everybody's only escape and we're trying to take that away and make it even worse, like yeah. your life's even worse. Instead, it just felt like we just want to add ads to your crap, your fun game. Yeah. Yeah. So like, the, I don't know. The, the sinisterness of IOI wasn't quite, it wasn't quite there. Mm -hmm. I mean, because- No, I mean, because they're that, scarier in the book. Yeah, because I mean, nobody, nobody dies other than the explosion of right. the stacks. That's yeah. the worst thing they do. Like they end up killing Dido. Yeah, in, throw him out in, the window. In, yeah, they throw him out, out of the window and- um, well, I mean, the, they, the, the, um, the, uh, the loyalty centers, the way they're treated, is way worse way than the worse. books, too. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, Chauncey, so as somebody who didn't read the book, does how does all of this kind of come through for you? I think I got it, though. I mean, it was just like enough of a signal. I didn't have to have more detail. I told her this on the way home, too, in the car. I was like, like if I see cubes of people in VR headsets, and then later I learn that one of them can't, when one gets in, they can't take it off. I mean, it's pretty obvious to me what's happening there. It's mm -hmm. like indentured servitude. You know, they're basically yeah. slaves. So, like, that's pretty evil to me. I don't have to see someone getting, like, like beaten and tortured well, and stuff like that or well, know, worse things happening. Yeah. In the book, so... So, I just want to, like, we can keep falling back on the book, but, like, part of it... The conversation around books to movies is always that the like nine times out of ten the book is better. No, but I, so, I was going to make this one point. Okay, then we'll, yeah. then we'll stop. Yeah. And so in the book we're talking about IOI as this, we, put, we think they're scary in the book. And one thing that was, that gosh in the book I was when I was listening to read it, um, there's a part where you know the part where he he meets uh, what's the what's the bad guy's name? I can't remember his name. Nolan uh, Sorrento. Sorrento. Sargento. Yes. He's, he's full of Swiss. Um, the, the part when he meets him for the first time in the book, um, he doesn't know. Like, the, like we don't. This is the first time we see the bad guys, and they don't know. And in the book, it's all virtual, right? Like they go to the planet and stuff. It's much cooler, cooler experience. But they found out through really creepy ways who he is, not because someone overheard him. Uh, and we don't know that in the book until he says it. Yeah, until he and like him you, away. when you listen in the book, you're like, oh crap! You know, like it's more of a surprise. The audience already knows that they know going in, and was, there's not like a surprise. But the way that they found, the way that they went out and, and did it was like scary. It makes right. it more like. Uh, well, see, I didn't, I didn't know that the corporation ever found out his real name. I assumed because in the previews I saw the stack blow up. Yeah. But like I didn't know how it worked, so it was a surprise for me. Never reading the book. No, but but in the storytelling, like. You feel like this company is everywhere. Like they're like right. they're they're more they're scarier than anything. You know what I mean? Sure. And so they had that. And in the book, he says, "I'm going to blow up your your family. I'm going to blow up you and whatever." And he's like, "No." And he's like going through this like, "What am I going to do? What am I going to do?" And he thinks he's, he's bluffing. He thinks he's bluffing. So he takes it off, and like he doesn't hear any explosion, and then he hears the explosion. And so it's like a scarier it's a scarier situation. And he throws uh, Daito out the window. Yeah, and they film it all for some reason. That's one thing in the book. But anyways, that's my that's my story. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> so uh, I want to talk about because I don't know. I feel like we've gone down a path of these are things that suck. Uh, <laughs> what is 
the first thing that stands out, stood out for me, and I'm curious what you guys thought, was the, how they, there are certain scenes that I think we can talk about, but overall, how they visualize this world and the, the game side of it. Oh, it looks really cool. Yes. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, yeah. the, the science fiction of the Oasis is cool to see. Uh, there's another one in another book called Snow Crash called The Metaverse. But the whole thing is that it's, you know, if you go actually into real reality beyond the movie, like, the Oasis could happen. Like, I was telling Rachel, I was like, if I... You're working on if it. If I, like, <laughs> sat down with, you know, a couple other VR developers and we took a year off, we could make a version of the Oasis. That's what Steven Spielberg said. Right? He said everything that they tried to do to make the world real, he thinks that, like, through his studies, Feasible. that in three years it's going to happen. You mean well, the, humanity the, have to, has to respond, right? Because VR headsets are out and available, software development yeah. kits are there. But the point is that, like, but everything they use, the tracking, right. the, the track, everything they use, like, this is, this, I still, is, this would just expand upon it. I still question if, like, the general public will respond in the way they did in the movie, right? Because the movie, you just like, you have no choice. It's like that's where you make your money. That's where you go to mm -hmm. school. It's it's the oasis. That's what you have to do. Yeah. It has to catch on first. What's the incentive? Exactly. Well, you're, yeah. The world has to be held. In the movie, like that's the thing. Like, like I think but the real I, world is I, I so disagree. much better than the VR world. Beyond the movie, I disagree that VR has to exist as the core tool that people use to escape and, and utilize computers in a new way, just because of a dystopian reality. I, mm -hmm. I think it, people will find that there's value in in VR beyond just like, hey, I need to escape reality, or I got to make my money, and the only place to make it's in VR. I just it's too forced and it's too obvious. I think the reason people will adopt VR is because it's it's convenient. Just like the reason why we adopt cell phones. I tell you, if, if they can master VR like the Hollow Suites in Star Trek, I would do that. Speaking you know I mean? of Star Trek, there was an amazing uh, Star Trek reference when, during his oh, yeah. funeral, the his funeral? holiday's funeral. <laughs> I love that. And that was hilarious. That was Spock's. That was yeah. Spock, like, the actual dead. tube was Spock. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they did have two, I felt like the two, so the two, I wrote down, visual effects porn was this movie, because like yeah. half of it is like just amazing special effects, and well, there was visual, the characters are entirely CG for that time, but then also the sequences are pretty well done. Spielberg's so far seasoned, right, he's so far down the road as mm -hmm. a director. Yeah. Somebody was, on Red, Red Letter Media, they were joking around, it's like, why would Spielberg pick this up? Oh, there's like... Maybe ten percent, thirty percent of the movie is real act, like real life action. The rest of it, he's just like, "Ah, somebody will take care of it." Yeah, because about fifty percent of it is references yeah. to stuff he's done. Yeah, and the, 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 the <laughs> can we talk about the sequence of the the shining sequence. That was amazing. How they replicated shot for shot of that and made it in three D space. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that was pretty good. That was really that was cool. impressive. And then also visualized it in a game kind of way with mm -hmm. like. Oh, here's the zombie thing that's trying to kill you. Yeah. Like it wasn't just like re Same relive thing. the movie. It yeah. was like, oh, here's something that pops out that is like which, built into this world that's kind of gamey. Which I like that better than the book. You know where? You, the, well, they where didn't they have did. that sequence at all. No, but, but but in the book, when you go in the movie, all you gotta do is save the life. Well, yeah. That's how you complete and you, are, you can yeah. earn bonus points by like saying it in the same way. Yeah. Not just words. Would you like to do that, Aaron? Play a game where you just have to. Word for reenact word, reenact a movie as a character. Only if the movie is twisted. <laughs> yeah. So Who would you be? Who would you be? It depends on the movie. Mr. Potato Head. I would be Woody. <laughs> Mr. Be Woody. Maybe Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> what are you looking at, you hockey puck? <laughs> There's some movies that I wouldn't mind, like 
reliving the enacting out the entire movie yeah. in virtual reality. Well, yeah. well I, mean, I, I think that's what's <laughs> cool what they do. That's what's cool what they did I with the movie. I can think of a few on Skinamax. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's something cool they did with the movie was that they, they kept it they used that kind of idea from the book to add in a creepy element. Like so it wasn't just like relive a fun movie that would be fun to do. Like this that was something with from the challenges where it was like, okay, they at least tried to think through something that would be at least frightening or difficult. Like go be in the shining, this horrific world of like random stuff happening. Well I think it's demonstrative because like as Steven Spielberg said, you know, all this stuff's feasible. What about, you know, the future of Hollywood making movies in VR? Like I don't think every movie should be in VR, but there no, are certain I, movies that probably should get off the silver screen and go into VR. I think I think that I don't I think it's a different medium. I think you're always gonna have your movies. I think a VR should be a different medium of telling stories. Exactly, and that's the thing is it's a it's it's totally a wild west right now. You could develop yourself as a VR filmmaker or a VR experience maker, and you could start you could start writing the language because it isn't established. It's true. So this movie dem demonstrates a little bit of what it could be like. It's true. But just like the Wii, people don't want to participate when they want to watch a story, you know, a video game. You know, like, the, the, it, was too, it was too interactive. So it has to be something separate than a movie. Because people like to, I don't want to think. But today I want to think. So it could be a different different medium. Maybe you offer, like, Jurassic Park the book. You know, like, go more to the, true to the book, you know, and, like, and you can go, you're not limited to a two and a, two and a half hour runtime or anything like that. You know, like, or, or like a it's mystery. Like yeah, <laughs> I mean, like to be honest, like, I would like to do some things in VR, but man, I like to like I I view cinema as an art, um, and I think having the constraints of a canvas is 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 it's nice. I mean, but I'm coming from a different point of view, you know. Well, this game, this movie, very much had the element of not only imagining what that's like, but it also very much is watching people play a video game, which is a huge industry. Industry now mm -hmm. is like people make money off of. Both, well, you guys are trying to. No. Uh, <laughs> he would try. Try. Uh, but, like, people hey, are, people, there's an audience for people who just enjoy watching video games. This is one of the first ones where it's like, yeah, it's not like Scott Pilgrim necessarily, where there's video game elements that are visualized in real life. This is literally watching people play games yeah. for half a movie. Yeah. So, but then they have those two awesome sequences. So, there's the car, I feel like the car sequence. And then the epic yeah. battle at the end, which is just, here's every reference. Go, go, go. Give me gremlins. We got gremlins. I didn't see the gremlins. Apparently, the gremlins. There are gremlins within the basket that the orb is in is the basket from gremlins. I would hate, hate to have been in like the room with like the actual licensing lawyer team. You know, because it's like, yeah. it's like they, they the have to mention yeah, the Millennium I mean, Falcon that's going to cost them like 50 grand. Just to well, you know, do you know, yeah. Steven Spielberg did this once before on another Robert, Zem or Robert Zemeckis movie. It was called uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? He got all the license to all the cartoons. Different, yeah, but that's the only time that's ever happened. I actually think, I actually, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm curious what it was really like. Because I could see also see the value of people wanting to be in the movie. From Nintendo. Thinking through like the licensing stuff, Sorry. I felt like, uh, especially from the video game side of it, like where they're like, "Here's this gun, here's this gun." It was just like, what, what big game reference 
gets to be in the movie here because it's like these are the three or four weapons. And so, so like, you, and then they, they showed Halo, and I'm sure there were other things that I didn't even notice. Do you think that that's kind of a way instead of like trying to license for it, it's like product product, product placement? placement? Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like you can just like ask them like, hey, can we put this in there? And they say, yeah, go ahead. It's like. Yeah, they'll do that. But the lawyers still have to define scope. Yeah, right. So it's still paperwork. Yeah. No, but Matt's point. Matt's point was like, I know, bet they had a bidding. I'm bidding thinking they had war. a bidding war oh, for okay. which game so got their thing. Man, they, get, they get paid, yeah, or, sure. or maybe like, yeah, they had the Gears of War gun in there too. Yeah. Um, the chainsaw. The battle tools are cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Aaron, what what is what is something that stood out for you in the movie as something like? Uh, let's let's define it as something you really like. Well, from a technical standpoint, I was telling Chauncey on the way out of the theater that I thought the, uh, the facial performance capture was really good this time. I don't know if it was hand animated or not. I can only assume it was performance capture. Yeah, it was. Um, normally, it's really hard to get facial movements done right. They, they always look unnatural and stuff. They, they looked, for the most part, you know, convincing in this movie. <laughs> yeah, making faces at him. <laughs> I was, I well, was so, convinced by the movie. Yeah. The insight with the facial capture that I found was that they actually did do a rig, like you were thinking. So like Avatar. You saw right through that. And like what, what they did was, uh, like what Avatar did exactly, Ben, that the actors could see VR while they were performing. Right? So they're wearing a headset. And inside the headsets now, I don't know if they did it for the movie, but they can do eye, eye tracking and like your facial features. So they can get the whole face now. Even with a headset on, that's cool. Now but, we're all like. Uh, well, the reason for that is social VR. Because if you're actually going to go into real VR that's social, like there's a thing called Facebook Spaces now. What they do is they listen to your voice. So if you go like, whoa, you say you react in a way. They have a like a, a AI system that recognizes emoting just through audio, and then it makes your avatar change. Wow. That way you don't have to have actual sensors. And what and it all relates to trying to get as um, not realistic, but those kind of subtle changes that, like, we as human beings recognize on a like interpersonal level that like communicate so much and okay. trying to. I mean, I, I mean, it's literally said that social VR is hard because of things like that. Like, you can't eye contact in <laughs> yeah. VR. You can try, but it's usually just an avatar that blindly stares in the same direction. Yeah. Right. Like the double seven polygon. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Rachel, Chauncey, what were some of your uh, favorite parts of Ready Player One? I really like the music. I really like the music. I mean, there's not a lot of score that that I noticed. There was a few spots where it seemed to be scored. There's some spots where you would think there would have been a lot of music, like they're in the, I think, the second race when he figures out that he needs to go backwards mm. and we see and we see the race going on above him and he's underneath and I, there's like no music playing there and then there's a couple spots where it is scored but then a lot of it is just you know your 80s mm. pick any radio station on the weekend it's like oh it is yeah. weekend and it's like you know it's van halen it's you know whatever and it's, i don't know if there was kenny loggins but i assume there was so <laughs> alan jones self-district is the score we did Back to the Future, did Predator, all these different. He's mm-hmm. really he did he did like Polar Express, every Robert Zemeckis movie. Um, and what's interesting about it, there's only been two times that Steven Spielberg has not used John Williams for a 
movie. This is the second time. The other one was Bridge of Spies, I think it was. Um, but I think John Williams is getting older and he's not as accessible. But this is the second best choice. But what was interesting is like you talked about the they did use, I was listening to music a lot, yeah, they, they did use the Back to the Future theme, because it was in, in the DeLorean, but even like the, the regular stuff was that Back to the Future like suspense, dun, 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 you know, like, like music that wasn't, yeah. it, it, was, it, it was inspired it was, by his own It was things. a bit like Back to theme. the Future, a bit Tron-esque. Yeah. So they used the original King Kong theme when King Kong comes in. King Kong was designed to look like the original King Kong a little bit, which is kind of cool, a big version of it, and they reused the original, spoiler alert, Godzilla theme from the, 19th, from the Mega Godzilla. From the Mega Godzilla. Did they have any when the Iron Giant? Was there any Iron Giant called? I in didn't. The music? I, did, I didn't hear, but they. I might wouldn't have, know. Like that have, signature or something. I, I would just wait for him to say, like when he was going the hot lava pit, getting killed. Go. Super no, but he did. He did the, he did the Terminator. <laughs> yeah, he did the Terminator. Thumbs up. Yeah, that's a good reference. <laughs> my favorite Johnson, thing. My favorite yeah. thing about the movie was definitely the Oasis, and it's not just like the blind staring at it. Like I love what I thought about after I saw things in the Oasis, because my brain went, I'm, a, I'm a, like a unique viewer, because I'm in the VR. You looked past the Mirage and found the Oasis. Yeah, exactly. My, <laughs> he sees the, I'm gonna he ruin sees the, the ending. He sees the codes. Totally, in, totally. Uh, He's like, we gave, the, we gave the spoiler He's warning. He's seeing the yeah, Matrix. Yeah. So like, the, the best thing to me about the Oasis was this whole thing that culminated in the end, which I know is different than the book, but I don't care. I like what they did with the movie at the end. Where, the whole point was you get control of the oasis, but it's not for your own benefit. You're a caretaker now because you start to realize that Holiday's like his cognition is now into the oasis. And you think about Holiday, why could he be digitized? Why why could his brain be digital? It's because I mean, this is something I talked about with somebody today. It's likely they're implying he's he's got Asperger's. He's he doesn't have the ability to have a lot of emotional expression, so he's very much like a computer anyway. Why not go ahead and digitize yourself into the Oasis and then give someone control that you trust? So that's why the Oasis is built based upon himself. It's not celebrating himself. It's trying to find someone who cares enough about you that they're in charge of you and then they can choose who's going to be in charge of you that's later. True. And you know why a kid won the whole thing? Because it's all, you know, do it his way. You know, and kid do Willy Wonka's not way. Not so stuff. Yeah, it's the Willy Wonka yeah, thing. That's, that's so yeah. Charlie! You won, Charlie! <laughs> Strike that for first. We'll cut that out. Um, so I have a question because uh, not only, I, so this is something, I don't remember being in the book. Was the rebellion stuff in the book? Nope. At all? Nope. Okay. So within the context of the movie, they talk about how uh, there's this rebellion that Artemis is leading, um, and I guess her, her dad was part of it. It's based on her dad. Her, her dad died. And died being a in was one of the loyalty. Okay, so what is the rebellion rebelling from? The IOS. Sounds like a simple answer, but I have a follow-up. I don't know. I, 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 it seems like IOI has some kind of like control over government. The world, yes. And stuff. Yeah. But so then my question is. The police show up and take him away at the end. So yeah. there is an outer layer of like. Yeah, they didn't lay out jurisdiction. Law and justice well, beyond just this corporation running this thing. Well, that's why the book is better because the book the book <laughs> is better because IOI um, was that it was like they did things in the dark. Yeah, it was more like it was like more mafioso kind of things. Mm -hmm. And in the book, when they blow up the stacks in the book, 
they make it, they, they rigged it, like they didn't have droids, uh, drones to fly in and put bombs on it. They rigged it in advance and did all kinds of stuff to make it look like a meth lab explosion because there was meth was heavy in, in, in the city he was. He wasn't originally in Columbus, yeah. he was he in was the in home. home. Well, even then, the rebellions thing still wouldn't even work in the book. That's why it wasn't in it. It no. just felt like a... Hey, remember Hunger Games? I don't like, know if it's necessarily a true rebellion. I think it's just a group of people that it, that they could they're have calling themselves a rebel, like it's just a, a, Star a, a Wars group reference. of rebels, as opposed to a clan, because okay. they're like we don't clan up. Well, yeah. okay, you know, but but so. is that the vernacular? If you're yeah. not a clan, you're. Rebellion. But maybe I don't know if they mentioned this, but maybe the rebellion started when the, the Easter, like the first clue was given. I mean, I don't know if it started before that. They're like, well, we're going to have the rebellions because we know well, IOI it's a, wants to get it. It's a notion in gamer culture. You know, if you if you clan up, a lot of times it's because you don't find, you're not satisfied with your own individual performance. You want to be better by, you know, doing like Wolfpack style, you know, ganging up on people. And it's just like, if you don't clan up in like a online game, it's because you're, you're fine being an individual. You're well balanced. It's just a, a notion. Kind of like a uh, social commentary for the yeah. world we're living in right You're now. You're a hero. Yeah. You know I, mean? I think she just called it the rebellion. Everybody's so planning like Star up. Wars reference. No one can be an individual. <laughs> it, was, right. you know? it was unclear to me, just in, from the movie perspective, like rationalizing it is fine, but I'm still going to give it, I'm still going to knock it because well, yeah. Artemis just shows up and does this, like after this happy, happy fun time, they do Dance Dance Revolution and then they escape from the the... People yeah. attacking him, they rewind it, right and she all of a sudden she just like freaks out and like shares all these details about like, wow, your life sucks. And, my dad died and all this, and it's like two seconds and then they're gone. It's like here's I, everything about me. And, I, and, and as I'm watching this series, care about me. Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. I am a fully fleshed out character right now. It's certainly not the best cinema in the world. <laughs> no, but as I'm watching this, and what made the cinema even greater was Matt going, huh? <laughs> 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 it's like shouldn't right. go to movies. I did the same thing during Annihilation. Yeah, Annihilation was like, like ruining like, it for everyone. Yeah, and there was like one other person in the theater, and it was really loud. Anyway, so like, <laughs> let me back up a little bit. So like, it's a virtual reality movie. Uh, have there what other virtual other than the Matrix? Like, what other VR movies do we know about? There's cartoons. Yeah. Star Trek. Yeah. Okay. Star Trek. Yeah. Star Trek. A lot. There's like the Moriarty and, and stuff episodes with that. Dodger did everything. Yeah. I, I was joking I with Rachel. Know. This is a prequel to the Matrix. Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is how it began. That's right. You stop it now. No. <laughs> from the stacks. From the stacks come those little Don't creatures. Me, but, yeah. Yeah. The Matrix. There's also a. Um, what else is another VR movie that that kind of reminds me of? Hall- Halliday's AI gets warped and that turns into Matrix. Avatar is kind of like this. <laughs> Like, it is a little bit VR, like, like going into like right? that's your avatar. But you're living, you're li- actual in the world. Yeah, like you're, it's that's you're you're air, it's remote you're control. There's there's an Wally is kind of similar, not in terms of VR, but in terms of human escaping beings. Escaping, and not being present. You know, stuff. yeah. There's an anime called uh, Sword Art on. I'm sure there's also like a hundred other animes that do all this stuff, but it's basically this movie. It is almost identical to the plot of this. Not around 80s references and trying to get control of it, but basically it's everyone that goes in the VR world just gets trapped in the world. Mm-hmm. And if you die in the game, you die. That's like a Jim Henson so version it's of, like game, a, of this movie. It's really kind of, it's a little bit darker and more stakes. But Jim, Jim Henson kind of does that with movies. Like like Toy Story's copied off of Jim Henson, but 
with Jim Henson. Uh, yeah. But Jim Henson's stakes, and, and, like the toys would die if they could make see. it a little bit more you dark. I mean? Yeah. What were you gonna say here? Did anybody watch VR Troopers? VR Troopers? Yeah, I remember. This. I've never heard of that. It was a TV show. Nineties. It was like a Power Rangers knockoff. It was not very good. <laughs> we watched it anyway. Um, this is on. <laughs> the other thing, Red Letter Media made a made a, a reference to a cartoon an episode of like a Phantom something Phantom Johnny yeah. Phantom or whatever. Yeah, Nicholas, Something, I, that what it was called. I think it was Johnny Phantom. Johnny I, Phantom. I don't remember the name of it. But there was one episode where it's exactly the same plot. <laughs> same plot as this. Where they have to get the keys. And, like, like in the, and the person that is beating them is a, some some girl. You know it mean? may have come out before the book. It may have come out before the book. So the book. You know, mm, not looking good, Ernest Klein. Um, Whatever. He's looking good in the bank right now. I did think, based on the way the keys were set up and the different. This gets at my kind of one big, my big thing. Um. Based on how the, the challenges were different, it did seem like the challenges could also have been accomplished by just about anybody at any, mm -hmm. it felt less like these were our, Difficult. yeah, it felt Difficulty like, level. yeah, our heroes weren't so much like uh, personally excellent to the point that they were Best unique and special. Yeah, it was just like they happened to do it. And yeah. no one and out, in, the no, book, in the book too, it was harder. Quest to get the key, and then another like sub quest to find the gate. Yeah. And then a quest to find a key, quest to find the gate. It's and each like, one is it's really, really hard. It's really six and, tasks yeah. instead and like, of three. And months and go by. And they cut it down. And months and months go by, almost between each task. Yeah. You know, like uh, there's in the book. You know, he like, he. It's like five years he, before. Yeah. He. Oh, we didn't even talk about the portal. The oh, the portal. The, the stupid portal. Yeah. Oh, I, I rolled my eyes so hard at that. Yes, they oh, fell. So your eyes fall onto my lap, and I yes. put them back in. And you just five minutes into the movie, it's like, oh yeah. By the way, we've been in here a while. We couldn't figure out how to get the eggs, and all of a sudden, this portal showed up, and so now we're on the right path. And it's like, what? No, <laughs> it took forever. Yeah. Like, and yeah. also, it should in the even if you didn't read the book, it should be like, oh, Way it just harder. showed up. Like, what? No, you, that was the whole thing, like, like, like when you, <laughs> MacGuffin in the first. But everybody five forgot yeah. about the, like, everybody stopped trying as much to get the clue because it was so hard the, the, the first time in the book. But then when uh, when Parsifal gets it, uh, the, it's like things ramp up more. Well, like then, for you, you know, for you, got Chauncey and Aaron that having not read the book because I feel like we're we're so connected to it. Like, did that, especially the portal at the start, but also the challenges. Did that read at all the same as how I'm? As we're talking Our about frustrations. It. I accepted it at first, but then when people told me that the first challenge was in the woods by the school, I started to think, well, heck, I wish I would have seen the school mm -hmm. and this woods and all that. Cause it, so I, I will go back and read the book now, but it, in time, I didn't roll my eyes at the portal because I was just like, okay, it makes sense. And then especially yeah, at the end, if I realized yeah. that you have a, an entity living inside the computers of the Oasis, he might have just said, oh, these stupid humans, here's yeah. a portal for you. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that sounds like something no, think, someone would yeah. code it in there. If they don't get it by this time, open the portal. Right? Yeah, or a timer. Okay, right? so yeah. we're corrupted. We're corrupted by this. Still kind of silly, but yeah. It works. But the entity uh, in the book—that's one thing. Like he's dead in the book. Like, and there's no he's dead in the movie too. Yeah, yeah. but they make a lot of you know. Yeah, but it's a different kind of dead. In the book, it's a different right? kind of dead. It's just he's cool dead sci-fi though. Because Marley was dead to begin with. Damn it! Like that's the it's thing that people are trying to do now in sci-fi is like entering real realistic engineering. It's trying to figure out a way to get your download your cognition into your computer. It would be, but it won't. It won't be you per se. It would be something else. 
There is a Star Trek so, episode about that in season one. Oh, I didn't watch. I was telling them. Oh they my just, gosh, they just, that they is. They just, that is. Yeah, they just did that on the X Files this last season too. Mm-hmm. There's an episode where they people have uploaded their well, the, the guys Black Mirror. Pod. Yeah, this it's, is it's, the it's Star Trek. Yeah. They did in the first season. In like data, like this guy is dying. He uploads himself on the computer. Then he uploads himself into data, and he's got the conscious of data, and they have to get his conscious out of data. Yeah. yeah, I guess I'm less interested in like the first time that's done, and more interested in like how other people do it in different ways. Mm. Would it be really you, or just like a different version? Well, that's the interesting like, thing is it sparks a debate, right? They did this with the teleporters in Star Trek. It's like if you get teleported once, you're being you're being destroyed and put back together. Are you actually that person anymore? Is your soul still there? There's what an episode. Soul, there's you? an episode of that where the where the transporters went went yeah. wrong, and Commander Riker had a clone, and it was a different Commander Riker, but it's the same. It's the same Commander Riker. In there they some, thought through all the stuff. There's they some did. Movie, did everything. There's, is it Looper? I think it's Looper or some <laughs> other thing where basically they know they're being transported, but they also know that they are killing themselves in order to do it. And they know that they're conscious, like, they may not be the exact same person when they come out. Isn't that prestige? And so it's like a very, yeah, they they oh, prestige, prestige, it's prestige, too. that's what I'm thinking yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, he knows he's killing himself to then clone. Not yeah. terrible. So, this for the trick. This, these are all so much more, so much darker than what happens yeah. in this movie. Where yeah. at the very end, there's the vi- the evil villain who has killed before, literally has a gun and has zero zero reason not to shoot him right. other than, and he just like, oh, but well, then he, he sees, got the he, egg. He sees he's got the egg and that he's like mesmerized. He's crying. I better not kill him. or something. Yeah. But like, I actually kind of like that. Little, I actually like that a little bit because it shows it gives him more humanity. You know, even. But they, they should have left it with that not well, that stupid it, punch face. That also yeah. gave it some more, like, you know, knuckle, white knuckle, closer to the end of the movie. Because in the Suspense. book, in the book, by the time, what, after they, they used the, what, the catalyst, yes, that, uh, yeah. the artifact that yeah. essentially zeroes everybody out, but then Wade goes back because he's got the quarter, so he's got the extra life. He's, after that... It's just him completing the final task. There's well, nothing at everybody's stake. Everybody's just kind of watching. There, there is, there, there is, but they, but what, what he says, what he says is like the gate is up. In the, he had to figure out how to get to the gate. Yeah. You know I mean, because, but they also but, said that the, 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 other, the other, the other, the uh, other iOS people are coming. You I mean so there? He has to get to the gate. So bring the us, iOS. bring us. Uh, back. But there's more suspense in that. <laughs> bring us back to the movie, though. <laughs> the thing they did with this was they made it about, they made it about. Getting at, getting the whole gang together in person, which they kind of did in the book, but this was more about, like, they even made the button to turn off the oasis. Like, that that should have been. That was in the that book. Sh- it was, but yeah. in the book and also in the movie, that to me should be about like, well, how much time are we spending in virtual reality? Yeah. How much are we really living in this world? Like, it should ask those kind of bigger questions about and it that context. should give to do it. It's like, yeah, the, he has to use it. In the movie, it's just like, Ugh. oh crap, is he gonna stumble Ugh. into it? Because he's in the Ugh. car. And like, it made it about like the action, making it almost yeah. accidental that he's gonna do something bad rather than actually contemplating mm-hmm. the, the decision in front of him. Yeah. Um, and instead, I, I want to let's talk about the end just a little bit because right. they leave it with so he wins the oasis, he's going to spread control of it to, to the, the, rest of the, high five. the other high five, which again they're all like at most twenty one years old. Yeah, one of them is eleven. Yeah, but but, but <laughs> so uh, five. I but, like. But, uh, but they said they said they said. <laughs> the, 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 they said Simon uh, Pegg is going to be yeah. a consultant, yeah. but they're like, we're going to control it the way it should. We're five kids. It's like, yeah. 
a billion trillion dollar company. Gun control. Yeah. <laughs> a trillion dollar company. Yeah, there you go. Be topical. <laughs> Bye, viewers. <laughs> Shut it down now. No, no, we'll get, we'll get our But like, I don't know. That, really that to me, part, so that's part one that I was like, that's kind of weird, that little, little kids. But then also, um, in one case, one of them is a little kid. He's eleven. <laughs> Literally, a little, an eleven-year-old who yeah. is in Which is probably why they didn't kill him off, because people are yeah. like, you can't kill That's off. That's so dark. But then the other oh, thing man, is great. What, what is this movie? Kids. What was this movie rated PG? PG thirteen. They got they got one. They got the one F bomb. Yeah. That they're allowed. <laughs> Which one? Well, I don't even remember it. I was just. It was about Chucky. Oh. It wasn't Chucky. Yeah. That was yeah. so clever. <laughs> that's just he's, it's not Chucky as an avatar it's just it's a it's a Chucky bomb it's, a, it's an Chucky. asset it's a digital asset it's like here's a Chucky pull, pull it out of my <laughs> yeah um, the other thing they did at the end was say and I don't think this was in the book was that they shut down the Oasis Twice every Tuesday and Thursday yeah no Good that's idea. not the book and to me that's that's like the big problem of the whole movie like it kind of represents the whole movie to me <laughs> like He's going to make this unilateral decision about reality that, like, people got to be in the real world, but it's just these two days a week, and that's enough. And, like, it doesn't, nothing really, like, comes to... It's a start. But it seems so, you're trying to, like, say that people should live in the real world, but also... <laughs> they, they play other video games during the two, two days off. Go vision. Yeah. yeah. But it, like, kind of minimizes the talk about, like, what the Oasis really means to people by saying, like, you got to shut it down. Like, it doesn't come to, like, a good... Here's my idea for the Conclusion. sequel for that for that point of view. I know, and I'm with Go you. Go ahead. I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not discounting your anger, but uh, but the sequel is this. So those first two days, another competitor gets along and makes their own version of it, and like so, so people start playing the other Oasis, which is the competitor for those two days. You know, they get it in, and eventually uh, the Oasis is nothing, and they lose money, and they have to start from scratch again. That's clever. Yeah, that'd that's be, capital. That'd be the realistic Oasis. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too, about... Well, that's the thing about the internet, right? So it's like, you remember the time when we didn't have a centralized set of common websites you would go to? It was just like, you'd go to a whole bunch of different websites. Have you seen this URL? Have you seen this one? And then we're really hitting different servers. Look at my GeoCities page. Right. So if... What would be my top eight? You know, at some point, people built these massive constructs that people started going to called Amazon and Facebook and social media and whatever... And then now web browsers can do 3D graphics, so they're starting to allow headsets to view web pages. So you can build browsers that are in VR now, and it's like, well, you're navigating the web. So you know, at some point, somebody's going to make content that's so good for VR on the web, they're going to go to it on the headset. And then eventually, you'll get to a point where that's not that cool anymore, and you're going to go to this other one. You know? mm -hmm. And it's like you're going to have this common set. And then you get the competitive thing going. That's not present in the movie at all. No. Well, and it's a genius that made a thing, and everyone accepts it. So my big, my big takeaway between for the whole movie, because going into it, as you guys know, because I've talked about it a lot, uh, I had very low expectations for the movie because I actually came away from the book not liking the book very much. I felt like this is just it's fun from a nostalgia standpoint, but I didn't like how it's the, because your memories as a kid were just terrible. <laughs> and you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, right. you gotta yeah. push it on us. You no, I was just tortured bitch. during the eighties. Um, <laughs> you were no, like two during the eighties. So, but really, it, I didn't like how it glorified 
glorified obsessing over pop yeah. culture. Like it, it was kind of like I'm with you on that. Ota- like let's defend being an o- otaku, somebody who just loves something so maniacally that they obsess over. But the book did a good job, like kind of discussing they, they like about why it's why yeah yeah they, they kind of discuss that. like why it's still meaningful for people. But I didn't like that in order to complete the quest. It wasn't. It was about like having all of that intense, crazy. Having Wikipedia up, yeah, essentially shoved for in like head. something very specific and, that you didn't have. And so, what I liked about the movie was that it pivoted from that mm. and made the quests kind of around more real right. life things and thinking out of the box. Right, and like this world that is built around nostalgia and escapism. All this really, the way to unlock it is to appreciate the things in the real life. So I like that they pivoted, but they pivoted. So far, that way, in addition to all the other things we talked about, that somehow a movie that in a book that came around like celebrating nostalgia and stuff, there was I didn't get the sense that the movie was nostalgic at all beyond no. just it, having it's these. It's just full of references. It's just here are the references, but it had nothing to do with like people yeah. and why they love what we've been talking about. Why people love going into VR and why people yeah. love this movie from the 80s or anything. So it was like somehow... Or why they, people still love some of these the yeah. retro things. Why do people still love playing Atari? Right. Why do people still love watching 80s movies? And so know? like that essence of like why we love pop culture and why it's personally impactful is lost entirely in favor of not just like celebrate real life, but all like... In order to win this game, you had to celebrate that guy's life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like that one which, guy. Which I, which I, I, that's my biggest... Like, I need to obsess the, over him so much that the, I will have scoured every moment. The book does that more, <laughs> and I don't like that either in the book. And, like, and he said to me, and they, they don't try to make him a jerk in the book or in the movie, but to me, he's kind of an asshole. He's kind of like... Yeah, they make him really good in the book, but in, 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 or they try like they don't ever point it out. But as you're reading it, your objection of him as a person, uh, Halliday, the, the the creator, is like, well, this guy's so like in, in love with himself. He wants people to to know what he loves and make a museum about his memories and all. Like, it's like this is so like like what a what yeah. A the, jerk. There's, a, there's an entire planet, and it's like the second half of the first task or something, where it's an yeah. entire planet where all it is 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 uh, multiple. Recreations of his hometown and the house that he grew up yeah. in. Right. in, in it's uh, just a planet town. that's just full yeah. of copies. And people of scour. That. And like, well, well, that's fine, but it's, but also like people. Like, I'm with. That's a bit egotistical. So let me pick it back at your point yeah. about about uh, nostalgia and, and, and different. Where I have a different idea, uh, different discussion point to talk to you about. Um, I'm with you that the. Um, you know, the self-indulgence of this one guy is ridiculous nostalgia. You know what I mean, but where I liked the book and where how my real life experiences when I think of an older movie or an old restaurant we used to go to, you know, this time, you know, these things that triggers the nostalgia, the things that happened in the '80s or, or the '90s or whatever, uh, triggers. That's the backdrop of my memory. You mean? And so, like, when I listen to a Christmas song, it reminds me of my grandmother's house. Well, that this pizza is, place that used to be in town that had the organ player? Paramount Music Palace. Yeah. I mean, I was just thinking that as I was telling you that. Like, there, there, so many things like that is why I love nostalgia. I'm a very sentimental guy, you know, but, but I think they do a good job on that. I think that's where it can work. Where I don't like it is this guy's nostalgia. 
Well, it seemed like it's like nostalgia through somebody else's filter. It's like it's yeah. not yours. It's not you. Yeah. Like the the movie portrays a world where people don't have their own nostalgic I'm not memories sure about necessarily. That. Because you can build your own. It, it, it's pretty clear. That's true. You can yeah. construct your own. Like reality has not necessarily rules, but we have guidelines. If you want to make, you know, like these jeans, you go and you grow a plant and you harvest the cotton and you turn it into fibers and it takes forever and it's a craft and you use a machine, turn it into fabric and blah, 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 blah. And you make the jeans. In virtual reality, the, the guidelines are still there. It just might be a little bit more automated. I mean, the Iron Giant obviously took H a long time to make, right? But what are the tasks and guidelines you have to go along with to make it? You know, it might just be 3D modeling and some programming and some That's true. some you know testing and things. It is it is different to the right. Yeah. So like I would just think Holiday, he probably is just expressing himself by making lots of things and people yeah. are just lazy and there's like I'm just gonna do this. Well in the book though, I think where we're coming out in the book, it, in the movie they do a better job of doing less of that, which was the last point, but in the book it's all about him and how obsessed they're with oh, okay. him, and like he, he even he makes up you obsessed with him, and the and, right. and the clues are more more about like uh, the stuff that he liked. Sure. Well, I think I think no, I think that's a really good point though about the Iron Giant because obviously meticulous detail went into H making it, and like that is that is a fair point. Like no, that is something. Okay. Dumb right. point. Ben says. I went, so. I went, I went with you. I just wanted to be. Um, <laughs> Like, what do you think, Aaron? Like, did it, right we're we're flipping to the book a little bit. Do you do you, do you I agree? I draw the or? line at having a complete video library of your entire life. That was weird. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. I mean, I it I can see why they did it in the movie for a story, like making a shortcut to make the story work. But if that was real, I would. So if Mark Zuckerberg just was like, "Hey, no, everybody!" I watch it. <laughs> no, but Mark Zuckerberg's like memory. Like we find out he's a Borg. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he's, the, he's an autonomous robot that Resistance was that was plant, planted here years ago. Well, I think Dude, Jesus. There was some there. There's sort of like a, this kind of gets to my like alignment side of it. Like I I felt like both the book and the movie couldn't come to the. And I don't know what the point was. I don't know what the message necessarily is, but it didn't feel like it merged into something that like, felt like two parallel things going in the same direction. It felt like they kind of split. Um, that there is a line in this movie where it's like, why can't we just go backwards? Like, I don't know the matter. And that, like, that's the key to the first challenge. Like, that's... So vague. That's very vague, but if you want to take it as like symbolic, like that goes to... Like, why can't we just live in the past? Or, like, why do we have to, like, keep going forward? Like, why do we have to keep, like, trying new things? Why can't I just stay I exactly where I, I was? I time is linear. Maybe that's why. Yeah. And so... Because... because But that's not what the movie... No, none the, of the narrative the, goes... Follows that thread at all. No, but that's a bad message, I think. It is. Well, it's, it's a bad right. message, but they don't explore it ever. They don't, like, no, answer I, it. I think... They, and I think what, in the movie, what they should have done is explore the flaws of Halliday... And where like that is bad, and through the clues and stuff, going backwards, like this is a, like he's so flawed. You know what well, I mean? Yeah. He's so flawed. They, they make him bit. Santa Claus in this one. Well, well they did. They did, did explore it at the very end. Sure with the splitting of him and his partner, he wanted to be off on his own, and he eventually regretted that. Yeah, his regret. Yeah. The biggest regret was. His I'm saying it's perfect. But yeah. It's something. Yeah. Well, yeah. in the in the maybe we'll keep going back to the book, but in the book, they separate. Because um, Keith Leary's 
Kira, right? Kira. Well, no, but they're still friends after that. But when she dies of cancer, oh yeah, the the partner Simon Pegg's character is yeah, his name. Uh, Ogden Moore. Og, Og, yeah, Og. Um, I guess her dying is so devastating that he walks away. I Thing, mm. I, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. And then he comes back at the like, Yeah, but then he comes emerges. back right before yeah. Halliday dies and Halliday tells him all about he's got this idea for the yeah. the hunt and everything. For him and, to, yeah. and he he doesn't tell him anything about it, he doesn't give him any clues or anything, but he is able to help yeah, he's Percival a, and, and some of the rest, especially at the end. He, they end, him back they to end up mansion. going back to his in mansion, Oregon. and he, he gives them all the equipment and the high speed. Yeah, so like, there's no there's no chase scene in the car. Like they little, get everything nice. There's a little insight though on why Holiday is so flawed. It's like Ernest Klein is he like in interviews self explains that he's flawed himself. Like he's gone through divorce, not not through divorce himself. His parents had a horrible time with family growing up, so he turned to video games and pop culture and Steven Spielberg himself as a kid. And loves nostalgia, and I mean, you see it in how he's right, how he writes. So then he wrote Holiday as a as a mirror of what he would like to be, which is a flawed, kind of bizarre person who turned to the creation of the Oasis. Yeah. I tell you, if this was made in the eighties, uh, Chris Glover would have been Holiday. He would have been the perfect Holiday. What Lorraine? Line with where you're going. <laughs> keep going <laughs> I mean pretty much it's just that uh, I don't think we should think of Holiday as an unflawed Santa Claus I think he is supposed to be very but, flawed and bizarre actually but I, I think but I think this world Steven Spielberg didn't do it right yeah I, oh, I that, agree with that. that's kind of my point it's like there are there's an amazing story there's an amazing like there's so many different things that could have been sure and I think there's flaws in the book and well, having seen the movie I'm actually like thinking like the book had a much better, actually. Yeah, totally it was much agree. closer. Yeah. The movie had like little scenes that were so, and I think part of this was that they had to make consolidate uh, concessions when it came to like having the references and these effects and scenes and or whatever. Time. But then they con they consolidated so much story that was crammed into the book mm -hmm. and made it one movie. And so you have to make you got to pull things out and just keep some in, but then and then they, also like translate it for movie. What works better for a movie mm -hmm. versus a book. And so all we got were uh, like a couple things that were supposed to like extrapolate, uh, and I didn't feel like it connected very well. My only problem of that with the book, I'm done with it, uh, with, with this comparison, is that some of the things they changed from the book to the movie actually didn't make sense because it would have translated fine as a movie because it's all about pop culture anyways, that it's, they just made the change for change's sake and it wasn't a good choice. You know what I mean? But but other than that, I, I think, you know, I understand movie making. You know what I mean? You had to, like, a book is going to be different than a movie, but some of the things, like, you didn't have to change that. Like, that was already good. I do want to talk about some some technical things I think are so stupid about the movie. Like, yeah. The haptic systems don't work like that. Hit me. No, they don't. The other thing. So that, wait, hold on. Don't move on yet. Right. So do those exist? Haptic, like a haptic suit like that? There's there are things called tactors that are components that are made by a company called Haptex. And those are inflated dots. There's a principle on your body called the two-point uh, threshold where you take two pinpoints and I poke you, you can tell that's two points. When I bring them closer together, it comes to a certain point where it's so close that you think it's one. And on so some they, parts of your body, you don't even need that many. 
Exactly. So that what they do is they've studied the body and they, they do make things like one glove, maybe two gloves, that kind of do that well. And then they're now, like, the current status of it is let's flow fluid in and out of it that are different temperatures so that it can quickly react to different temperatures. And then when you grasp something, it'll stop your fingers about like that. But like if you had like a staff or a spear and you wanted to grab it, it won't stop your hand from moving your entire arm. So like it doesn't exist like that. I mean, there are ways to make you feel the tactile surfaces and maybe some thermal activity, but like not like the movie. You what about, in, what the about in 2049 though? It's, it's definitely possible for sure. To have a, a lone glove stop your arm? No. Well, I mean, it, the thing is, it's an exoskeleton. It's not like force. They didn't do this in the movie, but this is what acts on an haptic. It would require some sort of Elysium yeah. type skeletal thing. Here's a, here's a flaw in the, in the, in just in the plot of that, that movie. Like, right during, during battle, wouldn't you turn it off? Yeah, why would you why want to feel the pain? Yeah, right. You just flip it off. Yeah, for, for dancing. Well, yeah. that's why they showed the bros and the, the commercials like, you got to feel the pain. Earn it. Yeah, but I'm saying like, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, they did that like four times at the there, start. There was a, I don't know who it was for, Superintendent or Sega, but there was a, 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 a vest that, used to, that, that would actually feel the hits of things when you played video games. And I'm like, why would I want that? Like, why would I want to feel the no, hits? Thanks. Well, the rules of the equipment was also kind of inconsistent, like, or at least I thought so when it was, like, their visor, and they could still hear the outside world and technically see through the visor still, even while they were playing. Right. So, like, to me, you're, like... That's the other thing that's so that's stupid. So, like, like, if an ambulance goes by and you're trying to say, quote, uh... Ferris Bueller's Day Off, like that's gonna throw you off. That was that was that was more the cinema. Like the the, the book doesn't. Yeah. It's not like yeah, that. yeah. I, I have the yeah. most important question. So you can see the okay. face. Where was the consistency between walking on treadmills and not? Yeah. <laughs> like they're on the street. They're running into cars. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like oncoming traffic. Yeah. Just, yeah. Meanwhile, the bad yeah. guy just sits in a chair. Oh, like, yeah. Why yeah. would right, you so just do that all the time? Here's the other one. Is, is that his haptic suit? He's wearing the haptic suit. He's in a stupid chair. Right? He's sit down the whole time. Now. Okay, they do an illusion so that it makes him seem like he's in his office again. He went like this and took it off his head. They would have had, I started thinking through this, I was like, what would you have to do, if, even if you had the 3D model of his office and it was all recreated, let's just assume they had that. They now, and that didn't have the 3D model in five seconds. You know, uh, Then they, he, he actually took his goggles off. So he, he would have had to feel, they would have had to reprogram his haptic system so that he actually thought he felt his goggles right before he touched his real goggles to take them off. Yeah, they hacked it. What's to, what's to conf this one's confused about? They did it. End story. Right. And then, like Ben said, why would they leave the door open so they reflect in the yeah. background? If they're that clever to do all that stuff. It also comes back to why would he, I know this is, I know you said this is a real life thing where people would do this. He leaves his password out. Just right. stapled to his thing. Sorrento in the movie is a lot dumber than. Yeah, he's, he's in the book. super dumb. But <laughs> also, I didn't understand he's super, how he's a programmer in the, in the book, right? No, he's just a coffee guy. Yeah, but in the, oh, book, in the book, in the book, he's a programmer. Oh. He's, he was like yeah, a he's, real, he's way more technol technologically really savvy. Where, so, for one, how does the password play in at all? Oh, uh, they they use it to get it, to hack his his. Uh, because he remembers they can log into his account. He, when but no one else ever has to use passwords throughout the entire movie. They just, just don't go, yeah. go. Everyone else at scans. Do you see everybody have to use the bathroom like the whole movie? Do you see him poop? Okay. No. <laughs> so they. So here's the other thing. So they hack his system. <laughs> they poop though. We, but why we would, can assume that, right? Why was she we can assume that they poop? Why was she then able to do something 
outside of the system with his thing? Was it just that she got Probably because he's at the top of the food chain, so he's got okay. like, uh, so it, it, the most it, umbrellas amount of down. access he's okay. got the gold in the system. Card. It's also because that's what the screenwriters wanted, yeah. Matt, so leave it alone. Because it wouldn't that work too. otherwise. What'd you, what'd you guys I mean, think if you're, uh, you're going to hack the system, do it at the top of the food guys, chain where they are going to have the most amount of access yeah. to everything. They should have just added a mustache onto him. Like she should have, while she was in in his account, all right, uh, added a mustache. This will be really funny for the uh, people who saw Justice League. Yeah, you know, (laughs) here's something weird. Like the Sixers have this like giant, huge area of like omnidirectional treadmills, right? And like the Godzilla falls down and like it kills them all in a wave. It wouldn't really. It wouldn't. They'd be all in different spots in the spatial virtual world. That was for visual interest. I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) That's a really good point. I didn't think about that. That's too too grounded in the real world. It's a, I, I like that they did that because it, 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 from clever. a visual standpoint, it's just it was fun to watch them go too. from white to red. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, da, 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 why would you need da, da, LED lights to tell you? Well, I guess they're they're getting ready to pull in more sixers to have, you know. And they why have to would go a, back why to would a giant company actually, play a fun, video Actually, a fun game. thought process for yourself. Think about this when you're driving. You can answer now if you want, though. But that little thing. What's the thing that resets everyone? The the catalyst. The catalyst. Yeah. So all right. So you spend your life at. If you were actually accessing the oasis as your as your person as you are now in reality, and we had it real in the real world, you may do different things. We all may be, you know, into different things. But the point is, uh, if all of a sudden everyone resets to zero, you know, you get a chance to. That's like Iraq. He's like, don't do that. Don't use that. I got ten years worth. It's a second chance. <laughs> How many times have you started a game where it's like, oh man, I'm late to the party. Everybody's so good at this game. Yeah. And where does all like, that money go? It's the Guidi. Great equalizer. You get a chance to kind of equalize, yeah, and then like kind of rebuild with new, not with with fresh, good knowledge. Yeah, works. This is the idea for a movie. Like if I, like I want to, if this, if this actually happened, somehow my consciousness, me, the Ben now, like woke up the next morning, and I'm four year old Ben, and I can live my life again. God, the knowledge I would have. You know how much? Yes, exactly. You know how much money I would have? I bet on so many games. I tell Dad, "Hey, invest in Tesla." Sounds like a like, <laughs> like, like invest in Apple. I would tell all these different things. You know, it's it's like the book in. Uh, I'd be like the future, right? Be, the almanac. I mean, the real God is not omnipotent. He's just been around for a while. <laughs> you know, callback yeah. to a previous Spark of Madness episode. Check it on. Um, I will. The last thing I was thinking about before we kind of wrap up here was that. Uh, I guess we could have mentioned it during the character development, but I'm actually kind of interested that we never brought up in terms of the differences between the book and the movie, which I think kind of is a common theme and a discussion point when it comes to talking about gamers and escapism, not feeling uh, comfortable in your own skin and finding a place where you feel belonging, is that in the book, the characters, like Wade is... uh, like he's nerdy, fat. fat, like he feels bad about yeah. how he, his appearance. Bad skin. The same with uh, Artemis, Artemis, who feels like in the movie they showed it with the, her birthmark, but oh, it's conveyed. So it's yeah, it's conveyed a lot more like dramatically in the book. Yeah. Versus in the movie, it's just like, hey, your eyes kind of red. Like that's, that's cool. it. Yeah. And in certain lines, you can't even see it. Yeah. yeah. And so like, and so to your point earlier, where it's like the reveal of meeting all these people and seeing like they're not these, you know gorgeous, comfortable people, like they all found value and belonging by going to the Oasis. And, and I think that's a beautiful see, story. Yeah, it's a much better, it's a much more interesting and like heartfelt message than what they did in the movie, yeah. which is just kids doing stuff. Like, yeah, and they never teamed up in the book. 
Like they were kind of until the very, very end. Yeah. Right. You know. That's actually kind of a cool point to the movie, though, is the team up where he when he broadcasts on like the PA around everywhere, and he's like, "Hey, come help!" You know. And like, I don't know if you guys have ever done like massive multiplayer games. If, if someone does the Leroy Jenkins like call, that's what I called it. We're know? talking about. And they're like, like "Let's do this." Leroy Jenkins either, moment. A lot of times you use humor, or you actually do hype people up. And, like, it's funny. You will get a reaction out of a lot of gamers where they'll just pour it into a spot yeah. because, you know, it's fun and it's hilarious. It is. It's, kind of, it's like Braveheart, you know? Yeah, it's like Braveheart. Yeah. That's great. So, uh, any last uh, thoughts before we go around and kind of give our rating no, for the I'm movie? ready for my I think, okay. I think I've uh, it out. How do you guys do your ratings? I can't remember. We used to – so, for, let's say for one, would you – Recommend the movie or not, and then out of ten, what would you give it? Okay. Uh, let's start with our guests. Okay. Rachel, oh, no pressure. do you want to go first? Uh, it has to depend on the per person, so I think I would recommend it to you. I think it would have to be someone that would appreciate like all the pop culture references and is looking for something that's really just kind of a fun romp. Mm -hmm. It's not... It's not a white knuckled <laughs> type movie where you're like really scared. Even you know, even no, having read the book and knowing that some people die, I never got that feeling that that they were going to go that route. And I never really felt scared for Wouldn't anyone. Wouldn't it be great if it did though? Yeah. In in the movie, so it was the, like yeah, it's just the stakes. Yeah. It's kind of just a fun fun. Nostalgia-ish. Other than your your wrong. terrible aunt getting blown up. Yeah. Yeah. Other than the boyfriend. Yeah. I mean, even the nice neighbor, she lived. Yeah. yeah everyone lived. Somehow, they're the in only the book, two that In the book, died. she didn't live. Yeah. It was like every, like, it wasn't just their stack. It was like, like, a dozen stacks. Yeah. With all, his, all of his previous connections were wiped out all yeah. at once, like anybody in the real world he cared about. Yeah. So, so out of, out of 10, what would you give it? Uh, maybe a seven. Wow. Right. Chauncey? Well, so uh, here's the way I see it is if you have a middle school-aged son or daughter who's in a gaming or VR technology, it's excellent to go see as like a, you know, like parents and kids kind of thing. Definitely not great cinema. You know, it's like... Mm, it's I, I've, I've seen... To ourselves. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> I've seen lots of... Uh, really move, good movies that like emotionally affect me this is not that way this is more of the, like this like like kind of tingled the programmer in me and the this technology side which a lot of people don't have um, or they care about so like if you're in the tech if you actually do that for a living that's probably a good call to go see it but um, not, I feel like looking for Easter eggs yeah yeah and pop culture but pop it's culture. I th I'd say it's probably if you're a cinema goer it's it's not worth it but I would say really yeah, it's, your reaction was different when we left the theater. No, I loved it because of how I uniquely you came personally, in. Personally, personally, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's about it. But like, I can see why others are like. Yeah, well, so whatever. for you, what would you rate it? I give it probably like a five out of ten. Whoa! Wow. Even for you, or yeah. are you telling wow. other people? No, I'm telling other people. Like, as far as it being a film, wow. Like a so you're it. taking the very objective. Wow. There's no. No nostalgia for Jeez, you with man, this. I, just cold hard facts. I found myself, you know, even though even though I wasn't that emotionally Yikes. invested in this story, I found myself smiling and laughing and singing along with like the '80s music and seeing the different, you know, I was, pop, like, pop, pop references. I was like, "Battle Toads." 
And yeah, I was all I mean, excited, if I showed so. this to my mom and dad, they'd be like, this is stupid. I don't want to watch this. Yeah, but if I showed anything that I loved my mom and dad. As someone who loves stuff from the 80s. If I showed my parents, like, <laughs> like uh, Dead Poet Society, they'd be like, my mom probably wouldn't like it, but my dad would be like, this is a good movie. Now, Harry and the Hendersons. That's a now, that's a film. Um, that's an Oscar winner. So, <laughs> I talked about my, my thoughts about the book and the movie. Uh, I actually remember, I, was, I told people I, right after the book, I was like, I was kind of surprised how much of a YA novel it really was. Like, I thought there would be more for an adult to latch onto than beyond just... I just started reading pop culture. Young adult, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it felt the book very much had like a kind of not childish mindset, but like it was meant for a high school kid. It, it, that's what it felt like to me. And I left the movie thinking that somehow the book was more adult than the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so like in terms of the themes and the weight and the stakes and all these other things. So, but what brings it up for me is that you said it too was that it's still a very fun movie. And those couple scenes paired with the, the, the big virtual uh, visual effects scenes paired with the shining stuff, like that's all really fun and done really well. And those are what kind of bumped it up. And I actually agree with you. I have it at a five out of ten. So. I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, I, like the, I like the book a lot more. They explored the characters more. I'm with you. The book is not like the thing. It's not like... Or in peace or anything like that. Even but, the book is an easy read, though, too. Well, I didn't what, read what, it. I, I listened to Will Will Will, yeah. Will Wheaton. But I mean, if you actually want to read the actual the actual book, especially once once he finds that first key, and the quest really takes off, mm -hmm. the book just takes yeah. off. But it was engaging enough for me. Um, just listening to Wesley Crusher pronounce things is the, is the worst thing. He says poser like posure. He's like, what is this? It's like, geez, come on, dude. That influenced your uh, rating on you the movie. Uh, yeah, so. yeah, I, I looked past it. I haven't met him. <laughs> so, so the movie, go, I looked at the movie. and make your complaints. Yeah. He'll be there. He'll so be the there. Movie. <laughs> oh, I, I, I was just talking about it. You have to pay him 50 bucks to All right. <laughs> tell him right. your grievances. So the movie I, I would get, uh, I would give it a six. I'd say just something for fun, something different, that it's not a superhero movie, you know, something different. You know, it's like, you know, you can watch it if you wanted to. Yeah. Just don't pay, don't pay the extra six bucks in 3D. Yeah. That's not worth it. Yeah. Aaron? All right. Um, I liked it. I didn't hate it. I sound awful lot like Aaron. Yeah. I would recommend... But there was this one part. <laughs> <laughs> you had your chance. I would recommend it. All right, that's all the time we have. I swear that's the last one. I had to go with it. All right, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm not going to say that. I give it a six. No, it's. I think it's a good like Sunday afternoon movie. Good for kids. Yeah. A couple of good jokes in there. Not high cinema. Uh, but, you know, it has some, some good little action set pieces. The race was good. It was fun to watch. Yeah. I like the beginning. The Gundam fighting Robo-Godzilla, that's really good. That was cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was an enjoyable experience. Yeah. I say that to you. It, I originally was going to give it a seven, but then they actually used the word noob in, the in a serious manner. <laughs> Non-ironically. Non-ironically. <laughs> That's a point. That's <laughs> right down the crapper. But the seven became because of the battle. In that tells. case, I'll make mine six and a half. Yeah. <laughs> uh, bumped it up. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you, you had your chance. 
Let's, I'm going to make one last observation about uh, the movie in general, uh, in, in terms of Steven Spielberg, where I think Steven Spielberg is at. Senor Spielberg. I think Steven, and I said this after the movie, I think Steven Spielberg can still make a movie. He's got the chops, but he, he can give you a couple good endings, you know, like as a pitcher. He can't close the whole game. He can't close it, and he can't pitch a whole game anymore. But you know what? He's better than most directors. So that's my feeling about Steven Spielberg. This was He's better than old. he is. What's that Spielberg about this movie? Uh, Spectacle? The, the, some of the editing. I say the beginning. Just that. The beginning. Like one yeah. Man and the, like, 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 go, like, what is it called? Like, uh, just kind of happy go lucky community of this yeah. dystopian future. Yeah. That was, yeah. I don't mean to draw this out. No, we're good. It's gonna, he's going to cut it. Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to cut Where everyone out. We touch out, on Spielberg after Indiana Jones 5 comes out. <laughs> oh. yeah, wait. Starts production later this year. <laughs> yeah, man. All right. So uh, what do we want to plug? So, Rachel, you have a podcast. When do you um, – what's it kind of – just give people who would be watching this yeah, what it's me. kind of about and when uh, they can – where and when they can find it. Oh, well, you can find all of our stuff at the5ishfangirls.com and we're just a uh, pop culture, nerd culture geek podcast we talk about whatever is tripping our trigger uh, we do we focus on some tv shows a lot of those are starting to get canceled so we're going to have to figure out what we're going to start reviewing as far as some tv shows uh, books comics conventions that that sort of thing so we're week we're weekly so weekly okay uh chauncey what uh we're in your domain here on your set what uh what would you like to share with people about what you're doing and uh, uh what i'd like to share I, I i own a company with rachel uh called cyutil c-y-u-t-i-l and i make a controller for virtual reality so that people can feel wind heat maybe even smell the virtual reality <laughs> environment it's called SciPipes. so you go to cyutil.io you can check it all out and yeah. check out the cyutil podcast yeah Oh, yeah. That's right. These guys are on. You're, you're, you're going to add the I. you got to add that I at the end. I'll become yeah. a maniacal corporation. I-O-I. That's right. <laughs> but we're going to You're one letter away. Be careful. But really, go go check out the go check out the website because it's really fascinating what it you're is. doing. Like if, if you were, if you're interested in the whole like haptics thing and virtual reality at all, like what Chauncey and Rachel are doing is really cool. So. I just do the paperwork. Spare yeah. no expense. <laughs> uh, you guys uh, experimenting with Game Sharks? Yeah, we're doing Game Sharks live every Friday on Twitch, 7 p.m. Check us out. What uh, what can they expect this Friday? Do you have you picked a game yet? I was thinking about NBA Jam. Do people want to watch two hours of that? One hour. Okay, one hour of me smoking <laughs> you. <laughs> From downtown. I guess we should stream on Pornhub then. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be like. <laughs> Is there any codes for like? Some... I'm so sorry for your guys' things. Yeah. <laughs> well, man rails another for one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My podcast is family friendly. <laughs> He's got the second base. Ninety-nine point nine percent of the yeah. time. Tell Game of Thrones runs back second. in that case. That is, home, baby. Is <laughs> um, for Spark of Manus, Perhaps I don't. We're probably gonna do a movie next week. I don't know what it is yet, but. Uh, Can we do a classic. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Well, there's, there's some movies coming out this week. There's, we'll there's, there's a, 
Quiet Place coming out. Oh, yeah. There's and a bunch of good ones. There's some other ones. But we're going to do that. We're also got some Westworld stuff in the works. We've got uh, a video in the works. Hopefully, we make that. Who knows when we'll be done. Uh, and then Infinity War at the end of the month. Yes! Yeah. Something cool. So. Um, <laughs> the be, hype is real. That'll be Aaron's. Uh, that'll be when Aaron leaves the show. All right. Thanks for uh, listening, watching, everybody. Uh, bye. Thanks for having us. Whee!